on. It is. Gracias, Elman. It is such a joy for me to finally be at Misión de Gracia on a Sunday. Um, although I, this is my first visit. The other one was a combined meeting between this church and the other El Paso. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Please start again. Okay. Good. All right. It's a joy to finally be at Misión de Gracia. Although this is my first time here on a Sunday. I have known about this church for a long time. I first met Jaime 31 years ago. I was only 10 years old. We were, we were in Romania on a mission trip. And we started a friendship that has lasted for three decades. And I've known Helman and Memo for over 20 years. And as part of the leadership team of Sovereign Grace, I hear many reports about the grace of God in and through this church. But here's what strikes me the most. It's, it's a very rich privilege to travel to a church even speaking a different language and immediately feel that I'm with family. That's what I feel here. It's an honor to be in the same Sovereign Grace family with you. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to Christ day in, day out, over decades. Thank you for your faithful witness to Christ in your city. And thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Helman and Jaime gave me a tour yesterday of your church and told me stories and I said to them I think Mission de Gracia is one of the best kept secrets in Sovereign Grace. This church and your pastors are a treasure. Amen. That's true. Well, please turn in your Bibles to Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me ask you a question. 
Have you ever thought, I wish the Christian life was simpler? I don't mean easier. We know life is challenging. Jesus himself told us, in this world, you will have tribulation. But we know Christ has overcome the world. He has paid for our sins. He has freed us from sin's bondage. He has given us His Holy Spirit. Those are all true and glorious realities. But sometimes, in our struggles with sin, or when trials pile up, or suffering seems to go on and on, weariness can set in. And it's easy to think, am I missing something? I know Christ is glorious and powerful, but in this trial, or in this very dry season, I don't seem to be experiencing Christ's power in my life. Or in my trials. Or in my ministry. Am I missing something? Is there some secret? What if I were to tell you there is a secret? A secret to following Christ that is guaranteed to bring His power into your life. To bring His power into your service. A secret that doesn't eliminate hardships. But it transforms them into a guaranteed means of experiencing God's blessing. And receiving God's strength to be faithful. And to be fruitful. Now, it's not a secret you're going to find online. You shouldn't be surfing on the internet, on your phone right now. It's, it's not like the products and the diets and the exercise routines that bombard us, promising everything. You won't find it at a high-profile conference or a best-selling book. It's not trending on Instagram. And it's not a secret that draws the attention of the world. 
But it does draw the attention of God. And the only place to learn the secret is from God Himself. Through His Word. And perhaps no part of Scripture reveals the secret more clearly than Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. God very kindly packages this secret. In a letter where we see Paul not at his most impressive. But at his most vulnerable. This letter is filled with descriptions of Paul's own suffering. Now our text comes in the final section of this letter. And the context is important. Here's what's happening. Fresh news has come to Paul from Corinth. Intruders have infiltrated the church. And they have maligned Paul. And they sought to undermine his reputation and his ministry among them. Which means Paul's gospel is under attack. In Grace in the hearts and lives of the, of the members of this church are at risk. And so Paul must take drastic measures. You see, these opponents seem to offer their own secret to success. They can't they came to this church advertising themselves as superior to Paul. They were superior in status. They didn't get their hands dirty like Paul. They charged for their ministry, but not, not like Paul. They were the talking heads of their day. So eloquent, unlike Paul. They were physically impressive. They would even shave their bodies with glass and oil their skin to look impressive. Not like Paul, whose presence we learn in chapter 10 is very weak. They were everything that Paul wasn't. Famous, impressive, proud, self-exalting. And the Corinthians were drawn. And so Paul had to expose these intruders. 
and instruct the Corinthians on what true spiritual leadership was. What true godliness was. What is it that lies at the root of the Christian life in a fallen world? What is the secret to having Christ's own presence and power in our lives? In our service. In our suffering. In Misión de Gracia. This is what we learn from Paul. This is the main idea for this message. Christ's power is most fully displayed in our lives when our weakness causes us to rely fully upon Him. This is truly powerful living. Powerful ministry. Countercultural living and ministry. There's no, re- there's no resemblance to the proud, impressive, self-exalting opponents in Corinth. It's not externally impressive. It, do- it doesn't draw attention to ourselves. It's not something we accomplish. It doesn't make me impressive. But it does draw God's attention. And it invites into our lives a Christ-exalting and sin-killing and joy-producing power. Repeat that again. Uh, it draws Christ exalting, sin killing, joy producing, power. And friends, it's a secret that makes all the difference. When we experience weariness or or discouragement or suffering or opposition an apparent lack of fruitfulness in my life or my family laying hold of this secret will sustain you in suffering. It will steady you in trials. And it will empower you in your perseverance in serving the Savior. 
para a Señor. Christ's power comes most fully El poder de viene mucho más when our weakness causes us to rely fully upon Him. Cuando, cuando Now, Paul reveals this secret to us autobiographically. And we see in this text three aspects to this secret of Christ's power in our lives. Number one, an awareness of God's greatness. This text begins in a way that may surprise you. Look at how Paul starts. Verse 1. What does Paul mean by boasting? Why would he do something that God forbids us to do? Well, remember, when the counterfeit apostles arrived in Corinth, they came with fanfare, boasting in themselves and all their impressiveness. And the Corinthians took the bait. And they were in danger of deception. Paul tells us in chapter 11, these men may talk about Jesus, but it's a different Jesus. They may, offer a, they may offer a gospel, but it's a different gospel. It's not the gospel of Christ crucified. The gospel that exalts Christ and humbles us. The gospel that transforms our lives for Christ's glory. The gospel of grace was being twisted into a gospel of self-sufficiency. And so Paul is forced to boast. But not to compete with these intruders. But to expose their pride and their arrogance. And he does so by boasting in things they thought were disgraceful. We see this throughout chapter 11. Common labor was beneath them. But, but, but Paul says, I work with my hands. They relished their privileged lives. But Paul was deprived. They were social elites. But Paul had a prison record. They received the applause of the crowds. But Paul was beaten and stoned. 
había sido golpeado y apedreado. How impressive Paul was. Qué impresionante era Pablo. <laughs> Suppose boasting was the opposite of theirs. They boasted to exalt themselves. Paul boasted to exalt Christ. As he says in chapter 10, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. And so that brings us to chapter 12. And the report of a staggering vision. Listen to this. Verses 2 to 4. No sé si en el cuerpo, no sé si fuera del cuerpo, Dios lo sabe, el tal fue arrebatado hasta el tercer cielo. Y conozco a tal hombre, si en el cuerpo, fuera del cuerpo, no lo sé, Dios lo sabe, que fue arrebatado al paraíso y escuchó palabras inefables que al hombre no se le permite expresar. Mm. You see, the false apostles paraded their great experiences. Be, uh, Pongan atención y fíjense que los apóstoles falsos, ellos mostraban esas apariencias. And so Paul reluctantly shares an experience of his own. Y Pablo, con mucha resistencia, comparte una experiencia de él mismo. But he does so in a way that takes the attention off of himself and places it on God. Pero él lo hace de una manera que quita la atención de él mismo y pone la atención en el Señor. Did you notice how he speaks in the third person? I know a man in Christ. At first you think, who is this man? I want to meet him. But then it becomes clear in verse 6 that it's Paul. So he's not strutting around saying, let me tell you about myself. He speaks indirectly to take the spotlight off of himself. So this happened not to Paul, the great apostle. This happened to a man in Christ. It's not a badge of Paul's spirituality. It was an act of grace. Can you, can you imagine this vision happening today? It would be online tomorrow. A book would be released next month. The man would immediately take center stage on the conference circuit. Hellman would invite him to preach at Mission de Gracia. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. No, no. I know Hellman better than that. But think about this. Paul kept this a secret 
for 14 years. And when he finally does tell it, he hardly gives any details. He, does, he doesn't even tell us exactly how it happened. In the body, out of the body, no clue. But he does know this. He was taken into the very place in all the universe where God's presence is most fully manifested. He heard things that were inexpressible. I can't even begin to communicate the glory I saw and the majesty of what I heard. No words. And not only was he unable to express them, he was forbidden to try. You see, this vision wasn't given to exalt Paul. It wasn't given to promote his ministry. This was personal. Just for Paul. Given out of grace. For God's own purposes. Perhaps, perhaps to strengthen him. For all that he was called to suffer for Christ's sake. This is why Paul says in verse 5. Paul will boast in such a man. In other words, he'll boast about God's grace in giving a nameless Christian a nameless Christian any Christian a taste of God's glory to encourage and sustain because it's all of God it's all of grace so Paul will boast about that but of himself he will not boast in fact 14 years later Paul makes one of the most countercultural statements in all the New Testament verse 6b but I refrain from boasting. I can hardly relate to Paul's statement. Difícilmente me puedo relacionar he was concerned that they think too highly of him. 
That's rarely my problem. My concern is that people think too little of me. Can you relate to this? What are you concerned about? That people think too highly of you? That they admire you too much? That, that they give you too much credit? That they praise you too much? <laughs> A true glimpse of God's greatness. In Christ's all-sufficiency doesn't exalt us. It humbles us. Let me tell you this. You don't have to go to the third heaven to gain a glimpse of God's glory. You only have to look to the cross of Christ. For it's there the Son of God hung on a cross for us. It's there that we are humbled by our sin that required such a sacrifice. And it's there that we behold the ultimate expression of grace. God acting to rescue rebels like you and like me and like me. That's the first aspect of Paul's secret to having Christ's power in our lives. To be enthralled by the greatness of God. The second aspect of this secret. Number two, the experience of God's humbling. In, in verse 7, we actually learn the reason Paul shared his experience. It wasn't to exalt himself. It was to introduce yet another illustration of his weakness. Look with me at verse 7. Y dada la extraordinaria grandeza de las revelaciones, por esta razón, para impedir que me enalteciera, me fue dado una espina en la carne, un mensajero de Satanás que me abofeté para que no me enaltezca. You've heard of this thorn, haven't you? Ustedes ya han escuchado de este espina. What was it? ¿Qué era? Here's the answer. Esta es la respuesta. We don't know. No sabemos. <laughs> But here's what we know. Whether we translate this as stake or thorn, the metaphor points to something painful. Something that wounds. 
algo que daña, or, affl or afflicts. O que Now, of all of the theories that commentators put forth, de todas las que los dicen, it's most likely either something physical, muy era, o algo físico, Paul calls it a thorn in the flesh, que Pablo le llama una en la carne, so maybe an illness, a, lo mejor era una a malarial fever that spikes, una por la malaria que or an eye problem because Paul seems to suggest that in Galatians chapter 4 maybe something that even disfigured Paul his opponents say in person he's very weak so perhaps it was something physical Así es que quizá era algo Or it could be something personal. O quizá era algo An adversary. Un Someone who opposed Paul. Que se ponía like the Judaizers como who were always dogging him. Como los que de él. Paul was no stranger to enemies. A Pablo no le los Do you remember in 2 Timothy 4? He warns Timothy about Alexander the coppersmith. El He did me mucho daño. Whatever it was, we know it was painful. It was distressing. And it was permanent. The verbs in verse 7 point to ongoing pain or harassment or abuse. What's most important is not what it was. It was its source and its purpose. And here we enter into mystery. Paul calls the thorn a messenger of Satan. So Satan was somehow behind this. This was a satanic assault. Satan was opposing Paul and the gospel he proclaimed. Satanás estaba oponiendo a Pablo y el Evangelio que él estaba proclamando. Do you remember in chapter 4 of this letter? ¿Se acuerdan en el capítulo 4 de esta carta? Paul says, the God of this world blinds the minds of unbelievers. Pablo dice que el Dios de este mundo ciega las mentes de los inconversos. To keep them from seeing the glory of the gospel in Christ para impedirles que ellos vean la gloria del Evangelio en Cristo. That's Satan's number one goal. Esa es la finalidad número uno de Satanás. To keep people from seeing the grace of God in the gospel. El no permitirle a la gente ver la gracia de Dios en el Evangelio. Whether you're an unbeliever to keep you from Christ Puede ser un inconverso y Satanás te está alejando de Cristo. Or whether you're a believer. O 
Puede ser alguien que conoce a Cristo. To keep you from seeing clearly the greatness of Christ. Y Satanás no te permite ver claramente la grandeza de Cristo. But that's not the whole story. Pero esa no es la historia completa. Paul also says that the thorn was providential. También dice el apóstol Pablo que ese aguijón o esa espina era providencial. He says it was given to him. Dice que fue dado a él. Meaning given by God. Eso quiere decir que Dios se lo dio. There was a sovereign hand behind this. Había una mano soberana detrás de esto. And it was given with a divine purpose. Y esto fue dado con un We see it two times in verse 7. Lo vemos dos veces en el verso to seven. keep me from being too elated. Para que yo no me crea mucho. This staggering vision. Esta tan and it's not the only one Paul had. He refers in verse 7 to revelations, plural. This could tempt Paul to arrogance. To make him feel superior to others. To put his confidence in himself. Or his knowledge. Or his spiritual privilege. But behind the scenes, even behind a messenger of Satan, God was at work to humble Paul, to protect Paul. To protect the mission of the gospel. I think sometimes that good, reformed, doctrinally sound Christians I think we can sometimes forget that there is a lion who prowls about seeking someone to devour. Devour through sin. Devour through unbelief. Devour through deception. Devour through discouragement. Or most subtly, pride. My Christian brothers and sisters, Satan hates that he lost you for his cause. He despises when you live for Jesus instead of the promises of sin. He hates when your life testifies to God's comforting, sustaining grace. He hates when your life testifies to God's sustaining grace 
de la gracia que nos sostiene en Cristo. When he sees a suffering Christian who is praising God, cuando él ve a un cristiano que está sufriendo que alaba al Señor, Satan hates it. A Satanás, Satanás odia eso. And let me tell you something. Your pastors who are, called to who are called to proclaim the gospel and care for God's people and live as examples for God's people and carry not only their burdens but yours. These men are particularly exposed to the enemy's attacks. Estos hombres están particularmente expuestos al ataque del enemigo. These men take arrows for you. Estos hombres eh, se ponen para que les lleguen a ellos las flechas en lugar de ustedes. That's why I love pastors. Por eso amo a los pastores. That's why I give my life to training pastors. Por eso doy mi vida por, para entrenar a pastores. But for all of us, don't be surprised. Pero todos los demás, don't, no be se don't be surprised when arrows no se or thorns o come your way. Rejection by your family or neighbors. Su o sus lo Opposition from employers. Por la gente que, por sus Slander from former friends. O burla de sus, uh, or circumstantial attacks that threaten our families, our health, our church. So don't be surprised. But do be encouraged. Whatever Satan brings your way, there is another one at work more powerful more decisive at work in your sufferings Satan may have intended them for harm but God intends them for good and anything that Satan works is only by God's permission y todo lo que Satanás hace es solamente por el permiso de Dios. The devil is God's devil. El demonio es el demonio de Dios. And all that he does is encompassed by God's sovereign purposes. Y todo lo que él hace está dentro de los propósitos soberanos de Dios. Now, That's not always easy to see, is it? Eso no es muy fácil de percibir, e even for Paul. Ni siquiera para Pablo. He did not immediately perceive God's wise purposes in the thorn. Even Paul. Ni siquiera Pablo. We see this in verse 8. It's so honest. Aren't you glad Paul says this? He didn't want this thorn. Who wants a thorn? Anybody? <laughs> you could have mine. It was painful. It was humiliating. 
It hindered ministry. Esto el it seemed to hinder even the gospel. Esto aún al And so Paul pleaded with God, remove this. He didn't just ask politely. Él no nada más le decía de una manera amable. Oh God, oh. he pleaded. Él rogaba. Él ro había rogado. And, and the memory is vivid for Paul, can you see? Y la memoria es muy vívida para Paul. Three times, I, he says. Tres veces, dijo Pablo. He remembers. Él se acuerda. Perhaps three particularly painful moments when he had reached the end of his strength I just I just can't take it anymore God I don't think I can take another step have you ever had that experience But now, 14 years later, Paul can see. Pero ahora, 14 años de, después, Pablo ya puede ver. There was a purpose Había to his pain. Por el cual él tenía It was wisely and tenderly and lovingly designed. Había sido y con ternura. Designed by a heavenly father to hold firmly to his child. Por un padre About Paul's holiness a Dios le más la de Pablo than his comfort. Que su que su bien. God wanted to preserve all he had planned for Paul's life. El Señor Who knows what would have happened to Paul if God had not sent the thorn? What would Paul's story have been? What would the book of Acts look like? Would, would we even have Paul's letters? Would his story be a story of pride? and discipline and departure and deconstruction would he have become a false teacher that another apostle has to warn against Paul held tightly or God held tightly to Paul Oh, friends, there's such security in knowing God has you. And even thorns. Frustrating situations. Painful circumstances. Heartbreaking moments in your life and ministry. God is not absent. God is in them. And He's overriding them for your good. And for His glory. 
That's what the Lord kindly made clear to Paul. Eso es lo que el Señor le a Pablo. And that's what we see in the third aspect of having Christ's power in our lives. An awareness of God's greatness. El estar bien consciente de la grandeza de Cristo. The experience of God's humbling. La experiencia de ser humillados por Dios. And number three. Y número tres. The reception of God's all-sufficient grace. El recibir la todo suficiente gracia de Dios. Here we find the heart of the secret of Christ-empowered living. Aquí encontramos el secreto de vivir empoderado en Cristo. And it's the Lord him, himself who reveals it. Y es el Señor mismo el we, que lo revela. We see it in verse 9. Y esto lo vemos en el verso verse, verse 9. 9a. En la primera parte del verso 9 dice, Y Él me ha dicho, Te basta mi gracia, pues mi poder se perfecciona en la debilidad. A tu weakness. That's fine. These are the only recorded words of the risen Christ in Paul's letters. And they marked him. He still remembered the very words even the verb tense we should render it he has said to me not just he said he has said what he said then remains his answer now what he comforted Paul with then Con lo que él a, a Pablo en ese tiempo, he continues to comfort him now. Sigue su it's like the Lord's words constantly rang in Paul's ears. Es como si él las del they, were like a, they were like a well of deep water Era como una noria con agua. that Paul could draw upon any time. In any trial or hardship, Paul could just lower the bucket into this well of grace and draw up Christ's strengthening words. To basta mi gracia. At first we might pity Paul. The Lord declined his request. But he does answer his prayer. And he, and he answers it in a way far more great and more profound than Paul could have imagined. My grace is sufficient for you. God refused a miracle of healing. Dios 
no le dio un milagro de sanidad. But he provided a miracle of sustaining grace. Pero le dio un milagro de gracia que lo sostenía. Paul asked for relief. Él quería ser liberado. But he received more. Pero él recibió mucho más. The very presence and power of Christ. La misma presencia y poder de Cristo. That's what grace points to here. Eso es lo que la gracia apunta en este lugar. Grace is a very rich word. La gracia es una palabra muy rica. It not only speaks of God's unsought, undeserved favor. Esto no nada más es un favor inmerecido. His unobligated generosity. No es nada más la generosidad de Dios que él no está obligado a darnos. It also means, as it does here, también significa, así como lo hace en este lugar, God's enabling power. La, el poder que te habilita. A force that flows from His merciful kindness. Una fuerza que fluye de su generosa gracia. And flows into our lives to give joy in suffering. Y fluye a nuestras vidas para traer gozo en medio del sufrimiento. And hope in discouragement. Y también podemos tener esperanza en medio de la tristeza. And power to obey. Y poder para obedecer. And strength to persevere. Y fortaleza para perseverar. And fruitfulness in our labors. Y mucho fruto en lo que hacemos. And that grace. Y esa gracia. Is basta. Es basta. Suf basta. Sufficient. Es and that, that is emphatic in the original. Y esto es en el original. The Spanish in the translation I looked up gets it just right. Te basta mi gracia. Is there a sweeter promise in your suffering? ¿Hay más dulce en medio de tu Te basta. 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 Are you a Christian? Eres cristiano. Te basta. If you're uncertain, let me tell you. Si tienes dudas, déjame te digo. If you're not sure, si no estás seguro, let me promise you. Déjame te prometo. Te basta. Te basta, mi gracia. God's supply of grace for you. Lo que Dios te ha dado de gracia. For pressing on. When you're discouraged. Para continuar cuando estás desanimado. For responding in gentleness when you're attacked. Para responder con gentileza cuando tú eres atacado. For enduring pain that just breaks your heart. Para pasar por dolores que destrozan tu corazón. Whether it's an illness. Que quizás sea una enfermedad. Or worse. An illness with someone you love. Or a child who seems cold to the gospel. He 
His grace for that Su para eso will never dry up. Nunca se va a secar. It is all you need. Es todo lo que tú And then the Lord tells him why. Y el Señor entonces le dice, why is his grace sufficient for the thorn? Su basta para este aguijón, o este My grace is sufficient for you. Me, te basta mi for my power is made perfect in weakness. Pues mi poder se en la There's the secret. Ahí está el secreto. It's not just grace. No es nada más gracia. It's grace in weakness. Es gracia en la There is a condition to experiencing God's power in our lives. Hay una para el poder de Dios en vida. It's not your education. No es tu It's not your position. No es tu It's not your gifts. No son tus dones. It's not your willpower Ni siquiera es tu fuerza de voluntad. it's not anything the world is impressed with it's not anything the world tells us is important it's the opposite es todo lo contrario of anything impressive de cualquier cosa impresionante. weakness Debilidad. and for Paul weakness was not an occasional hard day para Pablo, la debilidad no era un mal día ocasional. It was an ever-present reality in his life. Era una realidad constantemente presente en su vida. At least four times in this letter, he outlines hardships he experienced. Cuando menos cuatro veces en esta carta, habla de cosas muy duras que él pasó. Chapter 1, chapter 4, chapter 6, chapter 11. Capítulo 4, 6 y 11. And he's going to mention them again in verse 10. Y él los va a mencionar de nuevo en el, en el capítulo 11. And these included, these, these included many things, pressures, relational breakdowns, problems he could not solve, and especially sufferings he endured for the sake of the gospel. So here's how we can think about weakness. Here's how I would define it. Weakness is anything that humbles us. Or anything that reveals or displays our need for God. Do you feel weak? You're ready for the secret. Here's another key. Weakness is not just a circumstance. It's a stance of the heart. It's our acknowledgement of our inability to do anything apart from God's power or bear any fruit for God's glory. It is believing and receiving and responding to what Jesus said. In John 15, 5. I am the vine 
Yo soy la viña. You are the branches. Son los Apart from me, Fuera de mí, you can do nothing. No hacer nada. Nothing. Nada. He did not say, Apart from me, you can do some. Él lo dijo, Fuera de mí, hacer cosas. Apart from me, you can be pretty successful. Apart from me, you can sort out most of your problems. Apart from me, you're fine until it gets really bad. No. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And when we forget that, The Lord may very kindly bring thorns into our lives. Suffering to expose what's actually true. It's true all of the time. Our need. Have you ever seen those virtual reality headsets? You put them on and you see things that are not there. You can fly in a plane or sail on the ocean. It's virtual reality. It's not real. Weakness is like reality headsets. La, eh, la debilidad son como lentes de realidad. It shows us what's really true. Nos muestra lo que es real. It shows us what is real all of the time. Nos muestra lo que es real todo el tiempo. And what's real all of the time y lo que es real todo el tiempo is we are needy. Y es que nosotros estamos muy necesitados. And those thorns, the reality headset, y aquellos aguijones, aquellos lentes de realidad, and our American self-sufficiency, y nuestra autosuficiencia americana, and to produce true humility, y producir humildad verdadera, and it's that humility, y es esa humildad, that is the necessary condition, que es la condición necesaria, for Christ's indwelling power. Para el poder de Cristo que mora en nosotros. That's the second part of Jesus' words to Paul in verse 9. Esa es la segunda parte de lo que Cristo le dijo a Pablo en el verso 9. Dice, por tanto, con muchísimo gusto me gloriaré más bien en mis debilidades para que el poder de Cristo more en mí. My power is made perfect in weakness. Mi poder se perfecciona en la So countercultural. Es completamente contrario a la cultura. Not the way I was raised. No la manera en que yo fui criado. But it's so liberating. Pero es tan liberador. God's, think of it, God's power finds its greatest expression in our weakness. Imagínense que la, el poder de Dios encuentra su máxima expresión en nuestra debilidad. It, in our weakness it finds its greatest height. En nuestra debilidad encuentra la mayor expresión. It is most fully seen. 
es cuando más podemos ver. When you are weak, it's then that Christ's power springs into action. Cuando nosotros estamos débiles es en ese momento cuando el poder de Dios llega a nuestras vidas. To bring strength para traernos fortaleza and hope y, y esperanza and perseverance. y perseverancia. And it's then, in our weakness, through our weak efforts to serve Jesus, that His power will be at work in our lives. Empowering husbands and wives to cherish and love and serve their spouse. Llenando de poder a, a esposos y a esposas para cuidar y amar a, a, su, a su esposo y esposa. Empowering parents to love their children. Llenando de poder a los padres para amar a sus hijos. And speak to them gently. Y para hablarles de una manera And que care no. for them wisely. Y para cuidar de ellos de una manera sabia. And, and, empowering you to comfort others in their afflictions with the comfort of the gospel empoderándote a ti para traer consuelo a otros en el consuelo del Evangelio. Empowering you to live with integrity. Te da poder para vivir con integridad. And to love with generosity. Y amar con generosidad. And to testify to Christ wisely and boldly. Y para testificar uh, del Señor de una manera sabia y con denuedo. Friends, that is God's design for the Christian life. Hermanos, ese es el, des, el diseño de Cristo para la vida. It's not, it's not to make you look great. No es que tú te veas muy bien. It's to make Christ look great. Es hacer que Cristo se vea grandioso. What did Paul say in chapter 4? ¿Qué fue lo que Pablo dijo en we, el capítulo 4? We have this treasure in jars of clay. Tenemos este tesoro en, en, bar, en barro. To show that the power belongs to God and, and not us. Friends, here is the purpose of life. Here is why you were saved. Here's the job description of your pastors. To make Christ look great. To magnify Jesus Christ in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, in our families, in our small groups, in our church, and To accomplish all that, God ordains that we be weak, that we be dependent, so that Christ might, might be seen to be strong on our behalf. Jesus loves to rush to the aid of the Christian who admits they're weak. A Cristo le encanta venir en la ayuda a aquellos que saben y que muestran que son débiles. And that changes everything for Paul. Y eso cambia todo para Pablo. Paul went from pleading to praying. Pablo va de pedir a orar. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Así es que yo me gloriaré aún más sobre mis debilidades. Now, Paul is not a glutton for punishment. 
A Pablo no le gusta tener dolor completo. He, he, he doesn't relish suffering. Él no ama el sufrimiento. But there is something he values more than comfort. Pero hay algo que él valora más que el estar bien. More than ease. Más que las cosas fáciles. More than personal blessing. No más que las bendiciones personales. More than ministry prominence. No más que la prominencia ministerial. This is what he longs for. Esto es lo que él Verse 9. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Que el poder de Dios esté en mí. It's only that kind of longing that can create in the heart of a Christian what we see in Paul in verse 10. Verse 10. This is power. Paul is not just content. He delights. They're a source of joy and delight for him. Because he knows something. He knows a secret. His weakness is the key to God's power. As we close, this, this text is a gift to us. And it raises a simple searching question. What is my attitude toward weakness in my life? Do I avoid it? Do I resent it? Do I try to hide it from others? To avoid looking weak? So I can be impressive? Or do I, I embrace it? Even by God's grace, rejoice in it. I will only do that if I know. If I know that my weakness is the precondition for Christ's power to be displayed in my life. It's the precondition for Christ to look glorious in my life. Weakness is not pleasant. But here's the reality that transforms it. You will never discover the fullness of Christ's sufficiency. Nunca vas a descubrir la, la total suficiencia de Cristo until you discover hasta que descubres the fullness and reality of your need. La total realidad de tu necesidad. Isn't it wonderful? No es 
We don't have to impress God. We don't have to impress each other. We don't have to impress our pastors. We, we don't have to navigate our circumstances with our own wisdom and strength. Because we can't. We only need to acknowledge our need for Christ. To trust Him to be for us who He says He is. And to joyfully depend on Him in every moment. Every circumstance. Every thorn. There is so much grace evident in this church. God has done so much for so long. But here is the key to your future. This church and your life will bring glory to God not by being strong not by being impressive but by being dependent on the only one who is truly strong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father Oh Lord, we thank you that you came to us in our weakness. You came to us in our sin. Jesus, you chose to be weak. You chose to embrace sufferings. You chose to wear thorns on your head. And stakes in your hands. So that we could be forgiven. So that we could be brought to you as children. And so that your power could be displayed in our lives. I pray for the people of Mission de Gracia in their weakness and suffering. May they know it's then that Christ's power is displayed in their lives. Continue to use this church Continue to transform lives for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Gracias, Armando. Gracias, Jeff. Has ministrado el corazón de toda esta gente. Y te lo agradecemos muchísimo. Que Dios te bendiga en tu regreso y que el Señor te siga usando como lo ha hecho hasta el día de hoy. Um, creo que estamos sumamente claros en esta poderosa.